You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Pray and share this message. Father, thank you that you are our healer. And I'm praying and asking you that as I share these words, they would be living words. And that your healing would come to every home, every person listening to this, whether they're listening to this live or in another uh, Later, at another time, Lord, let your healing anointing come. And I'm praying it's not just for healing of the, our bodies, but restoration of our minds, our hearts, our souls, our relationships, healing for our city, for our, the environment around us, and Lord, for the nations of the world. We're thanking you, Lord, that you are a healer and that you would open up our eyes, that we would understand what this means and we would be ministers of healing and restoration through our lives. So, Lord, we put this all into your hands, this whole message, and I'm asking for grace in Jesus' name to share it. Amen. Amen. Well, if you could put your hands on your hearts. Thank you, Daniel and Diane, for that heart. It's good to have a little bit of interaction there. If you put your hands on your hearts and you pray this with me, uh, dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life. In your precious name, amen, amen. So I'm going to begin with reading Exodus 15:26. Exodus 15:26, and I've been translating this this week. That's been my practice lately. And let me read to you Exodus 15:26. And he said, and this is the Lord speaking. And he said, if you actively listen to the voice of Yahweh your God. If you do what's right in his eyes, give ear to his commands and watch over his written word, then I will not set on you all the sicknesses that I placed on the Egyptians. Why? Because I am Yahweh Rofecha, the Lord, your restorer. I am the one who heals you, making you whole. Amen. So the theme this morning is Yahweh is your healer. Yahweh is your healer. Now, as most of you know, uh, this week our whole house got hit hard by COVID. And we were all unwell except Gideon and Allison who kept their distance. Allison's still not at home and Gideon kept his distance from us. And it's a unique challenge 
when everybody in the house is sick at the same time. Uh, it's, it's tough when one person is sick, uh, but when everybody's sick at the same time, it is uh, a unique challenge as well as trying to not trying to, isolating yourself. So we've been isolated for the last almost seven days. But we were so thankful for the prayers, the offers of help, people wanting to uh, deliver uh, groceries. And everybody was kind to us, so that really helped us. And it's really good. I would say it's really good to be part of a caring community. And we saw that this week that our church is a caring community and everybody was caring for us and checking up on us. And that meant a lot. And just doing that actually strengthened our hearts. Well, during this time, uh, I prayed, Lord, speak to me. And I it was feeling quite dark and uh, it was very hard. It was very hard to concentrate and focus as the virus was bombarding us. And I wanted the Lord to guide me to the right place in his word, his green pastures for our healing as a family as well as for uh, our church. And again, to be honest, I could hardly concentrate at all. And focusing was very difficult. Uh, focusing is difficult if, if you're in a lot of pain. But the Lord began to gradually shine his light uh, and highlighted to me, he began to shine his light in our darkness and he highlighted to me Exodus 15, 22 through 27. And I began reading that and I'll, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it again. Um, Exodus 15, 22. I'll read the passage there. And in this passage, Yahweh reveals himself as his people's restorer and healer. Uh, Yahweh reveals himself as his people's restorer and healer. And I like to share with you some of the treasures that I uh, drew from in this passage. But it's, I can't do it all in one morning. Uh, it'll take me several weeks. Uh, so God willing, that will be the case. Let me, uh, that I'll be able to share this and develop it over the weeks to come. So let me read again this whole passage where the Lord speaks this. Uh, Exodus 15, 22, then, the Lord, then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went out three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And Marah means bitter. Uh, so the people grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord. Moses cries out to the Lord here. Then he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree and he threw it into the waters and the waters became sweet. There he made for them a statute and regulation and there he tested them. He said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, for I, the Lord, sorry, here, for I, the Lord, am your healer, for I, the Lord, am your healer. Then they came to Elim, 
where there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms, and they camped there beside the waters. So that's our passage this morning. We'll specifically be focusing on verse uh, 26. And this is what I've been uh, working on this week, this fresh translation, uh, Your Restorer, Your Restorer. And uh, I'll read it again to you, Exodus 15, 26. And he said, if you actively listen to the voice of Yahweh, your God, if you do what's right in his eyes, give ear to his commands and watch over his written word, then I will not set on you all the sicknesses that I placed on the Egyptians. Why? Because I am Yahweh, Rof Echa, the Lord, your restorer. I am the one who heals you, making you whole. Amen. Amen. So the first point here is the Lord is your restorer and healer. The Lord is your restorer and healer. He is the one who makes you whole. The Lord is your restorer and healer. He is the one that makes you whole. The Lord's will is always restoration. His will is always restoration. It should it should bring great comfort to our hearts that God is our restorer and healer. The Lord desires to restore your spirit, soul, and body. And the Hebrew there for uh, heal or uh, restore is rafa. I'll talk about it soon. And it has a, a larger range, a more significant range of meaning, meaning than just our word heal and to sum it up rafa means to restore and that's why i have translated 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 it as your restorer your restorer and we could see that with the water the water was bitter and the lord restored it and made it sweet made it uh, drinkable so the first thing that the Lord wanted to show Israel when they were in the wilderness. Now, this was the first sign after the Red Sea parted, after the great salvation of Israel through the Red Sea and deliverance from uh, Egypt. This was the first sign. And this was the first revelation of who God was to Israel. That was, this is the first one. This is the first uh, test test so to speak where God is training them God is revealing himself to them and he's saying to them I am your restorer I am your healer and so the idea of restoration goes beyond just our physical health it, it, it definitely includes our physical health but it involves our mental health our emotional health the environment around us our uh, city our nation uh, so it involves a, a lot more than what we first made think or realize. The Lord desires to restore your spirit, soul, and body. The Lord desires to restore his church, his people. The Lord desires to restore Israel to fulfill her eternal purpose. So I want to encourage you that when we have these times of prayer, when we gather together, we need to pray for Israel's restoration because Israel is dear to God's heart still 
and we would have none of God's word if it wasn't for Israel and if it wasn't for the Jews. So we pray for them uh, because they're uh, part of God's, and at the heart, at the heart of God's eternal purpose and plan. Um, the Lord also desires to restore the cities and towns of Australia. So we see, as Donna was sharing, we see how much our, our uh, city has been devastated by floods, uh, at New South Wales and Sydney now area, Lismore really devastated. Uh, and the Lord desires to restore. So what I wanted to establish here is that the Lord, his very nature is restoration. And he always wills for restoration. His desire is for shalom, not just for us personally, but for those around us, for our community, for our city, for our nation. And that we should always pray in this direction. We should always pray in the direction of restoration. And we are meant to be ministers. Each one of us are meant to be ministers of restoration. And uh, thanks to your prayers, I'm able to share this uh, morning. Uh, you know, I don't like it when the Bible school gets disrupted. But on Monday, I was going to try to teach, but I couldn't teach on Monday. I was so uh, hit hard that I could not share. I could basically lay in bed most of the week. So I'm thankful to God that I have the strength to share God's word. And I'm not doing this because I have to. I know today that everybody would have said, hey, Glenn, you know, your whole family has COVID. Take a day off. Uh, you don't need to. Well, you know, I know you're strong enough that you're not going to lose your faith in God if I don't share. Uh, so... I know that you say, hey, it's, it's no big deal. But I had felt and I wanted to share and the Lord gave me this to share and I felt compelled to. So not that I had to or anybody wanted me to. Just actually, it's just out of love for Jesus. I love to talk uh, to Jesus. I love to talk with Jesus. I love to talk about Jesus. And the main motivation of why I'm sharing this morning is because I love Jesus. Anna loves Jesus. She's helping facilitate this too. Now, Exodus 15, 26, which I, I just shared with you before, this verse of scripture has uh, something special, uh, has a special meaning to me with regards to my battles with Crohn's disease. Now, some of you have heard this story, but I won't go too much into it. But when I was 14 years old, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which is most people don't know what it is. Some people do more. Back then, it was very rare. Now it's not as rare. It's uh, immuno. Uh, it's a disease dealing with your immune system, which attack. It attacks a certain portion of your intestines which makes it hard to digest food. And so when I was 14, I was almost at death's door. I was skinny. I couldn't eat. Uh, I mean, I was skin and bones. I couldn't eat. They had to carry me around. But as I went to doctor to doctor, they could not figure out what was wrong with me. One person said this. Another person said that. Another specialist said that. They all said all different things. And then I went to the Long Island Jewish Medical 
uh, hospital and there was a Jewish man there and he saw me and he knew this Jewish doctor knew what was wrong with me immediately. Of course, I had to go through the colonoscopy and that was a very long colonoscopy because uh, even though they put me to sleep, I woke up in the middle of it. I'm sharing details that I uh, no normally don't share, but your family and <laughs> I know you love me. And so they figured out what it was. They put me on the prescribed medicine and I got better. That was when I was 14 years old. And then I, I went into uh, remission. And then I got saved when I was 17, uh, turning 18. I came to know Jesus. Before that, I didn't know the Lord. I knew about the Lord, but I didn't know the Lord personally. Well, then, then I knew the Lord. And, and I, when I was about 21, I had another attack of this Crohn's disease. When the, when the doctor diagnosed me, he said, listen, this is something that's with you for the rest of your life. And uh, you can go. You may not have it for long seasons, but it could come back. And um, so that's what the doctor said. Well, at 21, I was saved, and then I, I had this attack. And they tried to put me, some of you would have heard this, they tried to put me on all different medications uh, to get me better. And they were sulfur-based medications at the time, and I was allergic to the sulfur, and I had huge allergic reactions to all the medicine that they gave me. And I didn't want to be on that high dosage of steroids again. I'm not saying, I'm just sharing my story. I'm not saying that you can't take medicine. Actually, that's a, that's a, a point in the future uh, that I'm going to share, that God uses doctors and medication. Uh, and, uh, but... You know, I didn't want to take that uh, high dosage because it affected me mentally and emotionally. I remember when I was 14. So what did I do? I, I needed to look to the Lord, to my healing, because even the medicine they were prescribing wasn't good for me, and I was having allergic reactions. So what did I do? I went to the, the scripture, and I took all these verses on healing, and I put them on my wall. I had print shop back then, you know, not the print shop. I don't know if anybody remembers print shop. That's a long time ago. And I took all these verses of scripture and I put it on my wall. And this is the one, this is the one verse that kept on coming to me. And I would speak it over myself over and over. Uh, I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. Uh, you won't set any of the uh, diseases of the Egyptians upon your children because I am the Lord who heals you. And so I constantly spoke this over myself. Well, one day, the whole thing lifted off of me. All the pain was gone, and the Lord had healed me. And for many, many, many years, I was, I was good. Only later in life did I have some more attacks. But I always keep on going back. Anytime I'm sick, and I want to encourage you too, I keep going back to these verses that the Lord is our healer. He is our restorer. So this verse is not just me sharing something from Scripture, but something that God had taught me that has worked in my life, which is special and dear to me. And healing is something we have to contend with daily. And I'll talk about that a little bit later, too. So again, like what I said, this revelation 
of the Lord being Israel's restorer and our restorer and our healer. This was the first thing that God wanted Israel to know after their salvation through the Red Sea. And it was one of the things that God taught me first after my salvation that I needed to know him as my healer and restorer. And this revelation begins the unveiling of who he is to his people in the wilderness. Uh, moreover, what is being spoken here is straight from Yahweh's mouth, straight from the source. Uh, Yahweh himself is speaking. He's saying, if you actively listen to my voice, and that's a very interesting uh, construction of words in the Hebrew, if you actively listen. It's saying, if to listen, you listen. So it repeats Shema twice in the, uh, in the, the verse. So it says, if, you lis uh, if, if to listen, you listen. And how that's translated is something like, if you truly listen, if you actively listen. And that's something I, I think we need to talk about in the weeks to come. But it begins with, if you actively listen. And so here we're seeing that the voice of Yahweh, it's through the voice of Yahweh that our healing and, and restoration comes and how we need to value his voice. And we learned about that last week too with Psalm 29, the importance of the voice of God, how powerful it is. And in God's word, his word is living. In his word is life and healing and, and grace and restoration. Well, the end part, of the Hebrew reads like this, Ki ani Adonai rof echa, rof echa. And that is translated as, for I am Yahweh your restorer, or because I am Yahweh, uh, because I am Yahweh your healer, or indeed I am Yahweh your physician. It could be translated as your physician. And uh, I'll show you how to pronounce it here. There's three syllables in this name of God. Rof, eh, 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 sorry. Rof, eh is the middle syllable, and that's the one accented, and the third one is cha, is uh, you know, it's back of the throat, back of the throat. So it's rof, eh, cha, rof, eh, cha. So it's Adonai, rof, eh, Adonai, rof, eh, and rof echa means your healer. That one word means your healer. The cha sound at the end is your. So rof echa is your healer or your restorer. The fuller meaning of this name of God is your restorer. So rof echa, it's very personal. God is being very personal to us. Your, I am your healer. I am your restorer. I am your physician. I am your rebuilder. That's another way that it could be translated. Your purifier, your rebuilder. Uh, so God's very nature, who he is, is restoration. And so it's not just a promise. It's not just a promise he makes to us. What I want to bring out here is he, it's his very nature. It's Yahweh's very nature to restore. It's God, Yahweh's very nature to bring wholeness. It's Yahweh's very nature to heal. That is who he is. It is not just a mere promise. The promise is coming out of the person of who God is. And so wherever you host God's presence, wherever you honor God's presence, wherever you value God, he comes 
and his very nature is to heal. And this is why it's so important for us to worship and when we pray to honor God's presence because what we're doing is we're inviting him and he himself is healing. He himself is health and in the fullest, widest sense of the word. So he brings life, restoration, and healing wherever he is honored and valued. And that's our goal as a church, as a church is to honor him and value him. And as we do that, his presence is with us, and his presence gives the healing. It really doesn't have to do with our work. Oh, I'm going to try really so hard to be healed. Yes, there is a battle, but the battle is a battle for the presence of God, to honor God, to, to love him, and to just to receive who he is and to fight against anything that is against his word, against his word of what the word says who he is. So healing is not just what God does. It's who he is. And this is the thing that I'm trying to bring out. Restoration is the essential nature of Yahweh. And hosting his presence is the key to healing and restoration. Uh, and since it's God's will to heal and restore, we should always be praying in this direction. We shouldn't be praying, and I think most of us know this already, but good for those who are new on the journey and a good reminder, we shouldn't be praying, if it's your will, please heal someone. Oh, Lord, if it's your will. We already know it's his will. It's your will to heal. So we pray knowing it's his will to heal. So we call on you, Lord. We call on you to heal because we know it's your will. And Jesus has commanded us to heal the sick. But it's, it, it's, he, it's him it's he himself that's the healer, and we're allowing him to work and move through us. Again, we're going to this, this Hebrew word is rafa, and this is something that I do for the students at Bible school. I do a, a, a word map, and I intensely study these uh, Hebrew words, um, and this is... You don't have to take in all this. I'm just giving you a little picture here. You can, you can study it more in the days to come. But this is rough, Rafa, Rafa. It's uh, three letters in Hebrew, the Resh, the Pei, and the Aleph, Rafa. And to sum up what Rafa means is restore. So this is what is used. I will heal your land. It's Rafa. I will restore your land. Usually in English, we don't talk about a, a land being healed. We talk about it being restored. Uh, but we understand what it means. It's this, this idea of restoration, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Well, from Rafa comes Rofe, which is a physician, healer, doctor, or surgeon. And also uh, Rofim is doctors. And Rafua <laughs> is medicine, remedies. So, I, so the idea of uh, medicine uh, remedies, doctors, physicians, uh, all come from this root, rafa, to heal. Also translated as repair, rebuild, recover. Uh, have you heard of Ra the name Raphael? Uh, Raphael, um, and nickname Ralph. Well, that is from uh, heal, rafa. So it means God heals or God has healed. So it's rafa plus L. Raphael, it's to make whole, 
to purify. And it seems to have this idea in other languages of sewing, like sewing a, a wound. And the sound of... Gesenius talks about the sound of the root. I don't know if it, uh, this, like, like wrapping or, or, or rubbing. And so this is where the, or like he talks about in this uh, dictionary, Gesenius talks about how uh, it's like a rapid sowing. So thinking about this, God sows our life uh, back together. He sows our wounds. He heals us. We've been talking about this in Bible school. He's the one who heals our wounds. And the anointing heals us, and he, he wraps us, and he, he wants to bring that true healing to us. He is our restorer. So see if you could say that with me, Rafa, Rafa, Rafa. Yeah, good, th thank you. And so this is this word, heal. And you may have heard it, but you may have heard, uh, un sadly, a lot of Christians, when they talk about the Hebrew, they mispronounce the Hebrew. You may have heard it mispronounced uh, some other uh, thing, but uh, here it is. I'm bringing to you the, the, the right way. Uh, this is the thing. You can look at it later. Um, and again, we see, at, at first, when you're reading that Exodus 15, 22 to 26, when you see that God says... Uh, I am your healer, and the sign is that he makes the bitter water sweet. At first, in English, it doesn't connect. Huh? How, how does that relate? How does it relate that God makes the bitter water sweet, and then he tells us he's our healer? But in the Hebrew, it makes perfect sense because the Hebrew has to do with restoration. He restores the waters. He makes the bitter water sweet. He restores the waters, and then he says, I am your restorer. So in the, the Hebrew, when you understand the Hebrew, it makes more sense. Of course, we can make some sense of it in the English, but it really comes into high definition when we read it in the original language. And so the Lord uh, restores the waters, and he says, listen, Israel, listen, my people. And he's telling us today, listen, I am your restorer. I'm the one who restores. So the second point today is Yahweh restores you to his original design and purpose. So the, the question here is, what is restoration? Well, Yahweh restores you to his original design and purpose. When Yahweh restores, he brings things back to their original purpose and state, the reason why he created it. So God didn't create those waters to be bitter in the beginning. He created those waters to be drinkable. And so him restoring it is bringing it back to its original purpose and state. In other words, he brings his creation back to his normal. Not our normal, but his normal. So the Lord, when he restores, he's bringing something back to his normal, his normal. And all through our lives, God is doing a work of restoration. So I, I think with Christians, when it comes to healing, they think healing is only when they're sick. Uh, if I'm sick, then I need God to be my healer. But I'm not sick, and so I don't need God to be my healer. It's kind of like, oh, I was sick one time. I needed God to be my healer, but today I don't need God to be my healer. What I've learned and what the Scripture teaches us is that we need God to be our healer every day. We need Him to restore us every day. None of us is completely whole in this life. <laughs> We're walking in a wilderness 
where things are not perfect in this world. We have things like floods and fires and earthquakes and viruses and death. <laughs> death, everybody's going to die, even the people that were healed in the Bible. Well, you heard me say this, Lazarus was raised from the dead, but he also, Lazarus also had to die one day. Everybody that Jesus healed had to die one day. So the healing was a touch of the eternal kingdom, a taste of the eternal kingdom, but it would never be fully realized until the resurrection of the dead when Christ raises us from the dead. So when Jesus comes back and he raises us from the dead, it's going to be a physical resurrection and our physical bodies will be transformed and glorified and fully healed. And this is why Jesus' coming is our great hope, because that's when everything is restored completely. But right now we're in a period of time where we are ambassadors of this kingdom, that we're telling the hope of this kingdom. We're bringing restoration into this world. Uh, each one of us needs to rely on Yahweh as our healer every day. It's not just something, hey, yeah, you know, I got healed. I know that and I'm on to the next thing. No, no, no. This is, a, this is an everyday thing. And what's the ultimate purpose that God is restoring us to? We see that God is doing a work of restoration in us and he is restoring us back to the image of his son, Jesus. So we go to, if you go to Romans 8, 28, Romans 8, 28, and uh, we see here, it says, and this is, uh, you know, we just, we read last week. I'll read this again. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Well, what did he predestine? What did he plan beforehand? What did he predestine? He also predestined to become conformed, conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And then it goes on to say, and these whom he predestined, he also called, and these whom he called, he also justified, and these whom he justified, he also glorified. It's all in the past tense. It all has been done. In God's eyes. <laughs> That's why we can say, even if we're not fully healed, we can say, I am healed. Uh, we should acknowledge if we need help, okay? We don't want to be like those Christians that say, hey, you know, I'm not going to uh, uh, confess any lying symptoms here. Uh, I'm, I'm healed. Uh, we don't want to go into craziness, but we can say, even though we realize we may have problems now, we can say... I, I am healed, and I, it, it's done. It's done even before it's done. It's because it's finished in Christ. So there is, that, there is that paradox there, as long as we acknowledge when we need help. Uh, but getting back to the point, getting back to the point, Romans 8.28 is telling us that God's purpose for us is to be like Jesus, to be conformed to him, his image. So we need his restoration operating in our lives every day so that we can be like Jesus, our character, our nature, the fruit coming from our life, that we are becoming more like Jesus every day. So this is why we need to know Yahweh as our restorer 
continually because that's the, that's the path he has us on. Uh, Yahweh has us on this path of making us like his son, Jesus. Again, God's purpose for all of creation is to bring everything under Jesus' life-giving reign. And restoration is God's purpose in the end times. It's not to, God's purpose in the end times is not to destroy all things, but to restore, reconcile, and redeem them. Uh, you can find that in Acts 3.21, Romans 8.21, Colossians 1, 19 through 20, and Revelation 21 to 22. So the Lord's purpose in these end times is to restore all things. It's a kind of distorted way of reading scripture if you think it's all about destroying all things. No, it's about restoring. So God has a heart for his creation. He created it. He wants to make his creation whole. He wants to make everything whole. So he has to burn up some things in the process, things that are uh, sinful. Uh, he wants to burn up these viruses. But the whole purpose of going through the fire is purification, restoration. It's not to destroy creation, but to redeem it. So God restores, God liberates, God reconciles, God renews, and that's what the kingdom is all about. So Jesus reveals his willingness to restore the leper in Matthew 8, 1 through 4. So turn over there, Matthew chapter 8, 1 through 4. This is right after the Sermon on the Mount. And I have a, a theory of why it's right after the Sermon on the Mount that he heals the leper. One of the things when you read the Sermon on the Mount, you realize how unclean you are, how, how far you fall from being like Jesus. And so really after reading the Sermon on the Mount with any honesty, you say, unclean, I'm unclean. But then we see that Jesus is willing to heal the leper. He's willing to heal the leper, and he's willing to heal us of all uncleanness in our hearts and our minds. He wants to restore us. So let me read to you this Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him, and a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing... You can make me clean if you are willing. You can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Jesus touched a leper. Now, usually that's not somebody you want to touch. But Jesus knew that the power within him was greater than the disease in the man. And that Jesus' healing was more contagious than the leprosy. And this is how we also need to be in this world. Uh, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. We see the willingness of Jesus. He wills to make us whole. He wills to clean us. He wills to uh, free us from our leprosy spiritually and any skin diseases physically. Uh, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, uh, 
Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one. So it wasn't like a show, like some of these healing evangelists, on the stage, watch the healing, look at this thing. It was like, don't tell anybody. It's, it, Jesus' way of operation was a bit different. It wasn't a show. It wasn't about entertainment. It was really about loving people and revealing the kingdom of God to them, what the kingdom was like. Don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, here's the thing about leprosy. A little bit like COVID today, when you get it, you have to isolate. And if those lepers were outside the camp and they used to have to call out, unclean, unclean, to keep people away from them so that the leprosy wouldn't spread. And when Jesus heals them, it's more than just a physical healing. He's restored back to the house of God. He's restored back to community. And God's restoration brings us back into community, back into uh, the house of God. This is why fellowship and community is so important. It's a part of God's salvation is for us to be in relationship with one another, for us to have healthy families, for us to have healthy homes, for us to be, uh, yeah, connected. Uh, and so the man that was healed, he didn't even know if Jesus was willing, but Jesus made it clear he was willing. And then the leper is connected back again into community. Which brings me to, uh, oh, brings me to the third point coming soon. But did you see this one? In order to make an appointment, he first had to update his operating system. Download an app, get a username, choose a password, log in to a health portal, navigate to messages, and write his doctor. By then, it was too late. <laughs> That's a bit like, it's like a bit like how the health system is becoming in uh, Australia. In order to make an appointment, he first had to update his operating system, download an app, get a username, choose a password, log into a health portal, navigate to messages, and write his doctor. By then, it was too late. Well, of course, this is just humor here. <laughs> All right, my third point, and this is pretty much going to be my last major thing, and I'll save the rest for the weeks to come. But this is important to know, and I, I want to uh, talk about some of the, some of the uh, errors in our thinking with regards to healing. Uh, the promise of Yahweh's healing doesn't mean you won't get attacked by sickness. Instead, Yahweh's healing means sickness will not master you. Sickness will not master you. So... The promise of Yahweh's healing doesn't mean you won't get attacked by sickness. Now, I pray that you're all safe. That's one of the things that Anna and I have been praying. We, we don't want anybody to get COVID. Um, but when we, if we, that's, that's our hope, that's our desire, and that's our prayer. Uh, but there are times when we do get attacked by sickness. And... Yahweh's healing means that sickness will not master you. If one of the words that's used in the Hebrew is that, that God is not going to set, Yahweh is not going to set the diseases of the Egyptians on his people. The, the word there in the Hebrew is set or fix or to establish. 
So there is times where we do get sick, but the Lord does not want this to set on us. He doesn't want us want it to become a part of us or even a part of our essential nature. So uh, this is one of the reasons we're looking we will need to look to the Lord for healing. But why do people get sick? Well, we live in a fallen world. None of our DNA is perfect, right? None of our DNA is perfect. It's flawed. We live in a flawed world. We live in a fallen world. So it's possible for us to get sick. But, but this is the thing. The Lord is our healer. And this is why we need continually the Lord's healing. So what are some of the bad thoughts that Christians have about healing? One of them is, if God is my healer, I can never get sick. Well, that's not the case. Uh, it is possible. Uh, and, and this is one of the significant errors in Pentecostal and charismatic circles is that, you know, I, I'm invincible from the things in this world. Uh, also, people think, I'll just... Uh, Make sure you uh, make sure you're on mute. Uh, mute there. Uh, the other thing is uh, one of the significant errors in Pentecostal charismatic circles is uh, if you get sick, people think, "Oh, you don't have faith, or you're not holy, or there's something not right in your life." No, we're in this life and we have a battle. And I even heard uh, a man like Benny Hinn apologize for teaching that in the past, that, you know, if you're sick, there's something, something wrong with your faith or something wrong with your life. That's not, that's not uh, true. It's a bad thought that has seeped into charismatic Pentecostal circles. Uh, people think if a believer gets sick, it's because of their lack of faith or personal sin. No, again, that's not right. Uh, and then it's sadly, others, uh, people will think that uh, if uh, someone's sick, they look down on the sick person as if sickness disqualifies them from ministry. Uh, so a sick person is disqualified. No, you're not dis disqualified from ministry. All of us, <laughs> let's, just, let's just be honest, all of us have some type of issue. The person who says, I'm, I'm completely healthy, well eventually in their life, they're going to have some type of issues with health. Again, let me just say, we're all heading toward death, <laughs> right? We don't want to think this way, but uh, this is part of the fallen world, part of sin in this world. But it doesn't mean that you have personally sinned. If you, if you sin, it can invite demons that are going to afflict you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's something evil about your life. And that's, I think, uh, we're going to be closing soon. But if you go to John chapter, um, John chapter 9, the man born blind. John chapter 9. And we'll talk, uh, talk more about these things in the weeks to come. But look, look at this, as, as he passed by, this is Jesus, John chapter 9, verse 1. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. Now, this is something that Anna was teaching on a couple weeks ago. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? 
this man or his parents that he would be born blind. And I find that as, as Christians, as believers, we often come to this question if somebody has something wrong with them, well, who sinned? Is it this person or his parents? And we're looking for, we're focusing on the sin and that there's something wrong with this man, something wrong with his uh, parents. And Jesus answered, how did he answer? Jesus answered, it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Did you hear that? <laughs> that's, a, that's a point where we really need to say amen, right? It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So sickness and any, any type of sickness, lack, something that's not restored is an opportunity for God to work. This is how we need to see it. We don't need to be accusing people, going beside somebody's bed and, and saying, well, confess your sins to me now. Uh, of course, God can, if they need to confess their sins, God will work in their heart. But we don't need to be coming at a condemning approach. What, how, how can God work in this situation? God wants to work. God wants to be glorified in this, in this circumstance right here. Uh, we shouldn't be searching for sin. We should be searching for him. Amen. How is he going to be glorified? Again, I'll read to you Jesus' response here. Of course, Jesus could have gave a theological answer here. Well, from Adam and Eve, there was sin, and so it was Adam and Eve's sin. And of course, that would be true. But Jesus is wanting us to think higher here. Of course, all of it stems from Adam and Eve's sin. But this is an opportunity. Don't be thinking about who sinned. This is an opportunity for Jesus to work, for his kingdom to be manifested, for people to be made whole. He is Yahweh Rofecha. He is the Lord, our healer. He is the Lord, your healer. So Jesus answered, it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So here he's revealing himself. He's revealing himself as the light of the world. So this is, so it's possible to get attacked by sickness, but this is an opportunity like the Lord's been doing in our family this week. This is an opportunity for God to work, for the practical love of God to be manifested through God's people. And so when you see somebody sick, how can God work in this situation? How could God use me to work light and life? How could God use me to bring restoration? Because the restorer, the healer is living in me. And even if you're sick, the healer is still living in you. <laughs> Again, there's, not, there's nobody in this life that is not floored in some way uh, that doesn't have any problems. So the problem, the sickness, the lack does not disqualify you from ministering healing to others. It does not disqualify you from restoring others. 
God is using jars of clay in this day and age. We're all jars of clay. You know, I'm still trying to get better myself. I'm not completely out of the woods, but God has given me enough strength to speak his word this morning. So this, no, he, he doesn't want us to have these excuses. Oh, you know, I can't be used of God because I'm sick. I can't be used of God because I've got some type of thing physically wrong. No, Yahweh is in us and he is the restorer and he wants to minister through us and he has called us to be the light of the world like him. So I hope this is giving you, maybe renewing your mind or confirming and establishing. I feel like this is a foundational stone for our church that we need to have right thoughts about healing and and see it as Jesus sees us. Remember, Jesus is embodying all this as he's uh, walking on earth. He is healing. He is embodying Yahweh Rofecha. He is embody, embodying Yahweh Rofecha, uh, the Lord being the restorer. And he's going around everywhere healing and restoring. Um, amen. Well, we're almost finished here. <laughs> we almost finished here. Did you see this one? Carbon dating. Carbon dating. You look older than your profile, the piece of coal says. And the diamond says, I've been under a lot of pressure. <laughs> so if, you, if, you, if you're uh, listening to this, you have uh, two you have a piece of coal and a diamond at a, a romantic table setting. They're on a date, and it says carbon dating. And the coal is saying, you look older than your profile picture. And the diamond says, I've been under a lot of pressure. Well, yeah, the pressure makes diamonds out of us. Amen. One of the last things I want to say here, I, I'm not covering all the points. I'll save it for another time. I'm already going longer than I expected. But in one of the, uh, one of the writings, one of the writings, the Jewish writings before Christ, around 200, 200 years before Christ, there's, it's called the Sirach, and it shows you how the Jews, it didn't make the scripture, but almost did, and it shows you how the Jews viewed uh, how they viewed uh, healing and physicians. Now, the, the other kind of wrong thought is, if God is my healer, I'll never need medi medicine. I'll ne never need doctors. Uh, it's wrong to use doctors. It's wrong to use medicine. Well, this is not a good thought either, and I'll show you how the Jews thought of it in the uh, ancient times. I came across this in my studies. This is... Uh, and interestingly, it quotes the Exodus 15, 26 um, verse. It alludes to it here. But listen to what it says here. This is the, the wisdom uh, of God in the uh, Jewish community. Honor, it says here, honor physicians for their services, for the Lord created them. For their gift of healing comes from the Most High, and they are rewarded by the King. The skill of physicians makes them distinguished, and in the presence of the great, they are admired. 
The Lord created medicines out of the earth, and the sensible will not despise them. Was not water made sweet with a tree, in order that its power might be known? And he gave skill to human beings, that he might be glorified in his marvelous works. So this is how the Jews thought about physicians, and they didn't see that a physician was opposition to God, though witchcraft would be, and certain physicians would be, but a good physician is trying to bring healing. They're a gift from God. They're being used by God, and we need to see that medicines are coming from God's creation. God created all things, and he uses natural means. And one of, the thing, one of the things I said recently is that we believe that Jesus is our living waters. He is our living waters, but we don't say, hey, Jesus is my living water, so I won't drink water because Jesus is my living water, so I'm not going to drink any water. You know, otherwise, I'm going to uh, offend Jesus, who is my living water. And, and we don't say, oh, Jesus is my rest, so I won't sleep because Jesus is my rest. And... Uh, we don't say, Jesus is the bread of life, and since he's my bread, I don't need to eat bread or food. <laughs> we don't say that either. So we shouldn't go on and say, hey, Jesus is my healer, so I'll never use physicians or doctors, because God has, God can use these physicians and doctors like he used in my, my early life with uh, Dr. Jeremiah Levine in New York. And I always remember that day he came and tapped my stomach. And he figured it out quite quickly. Um, and that got me better. I was at death's door. But I acknowledged that it was the Lord who healed me. The Lord used. The Lord used. And that this, this man, this physician, the Lord uses people. The Lord uses his creation. The Lord uses things because he created them. He is the one who created the doctor and the womb. He's the one who created the, the, the trees that have different medicinal uh, properties in them. He's the one that created the water. His goal is to make the water pure so it would be healthy and healing to Israel. So what happens, I see, again, the wrong thought in Christian circles is is the supernatural, we need the supernatural, but we reject the natural. And the idea of the wrong, the idea is that the Lord needs to be over the natural. So we need to see things coming from him. The natural without God is not good, but when the Lord is Lord over everything, and when he is honored and valued and worshiped, and we see all these blessings come from him, then uh, that is the right way to think. So the supernatural does not negate the natural. Again, often we see, you know, the supernatural versus the natural. But it's, the supernatural doesn't always negate the natural. God uses natural things because these natural things are things that nature, he's created them. He's created them. So we go back to thinking God is creator. God is creator. And from him all good things come. And so I think that's important to realize, too. And so anytime we are engaging with physicians, we're praying, Lord, you use them, you guide them, you help them. But we ultimately know you are our healer. <laughs> You're our healer. And without you, we don't idolize the physicians. 
but we don't also neglect them altogether. We appreciate every good thing the Lord has given us. So, I'm going to say amen now. Oh, that's, and we'll pray. We'll go back to this. I'll read this. As we, we end, there's more, there's more messages here. There's more messages, but the time is up. Uh, but let me read this here again to you. Exodus 15, 26. And thanks for concentrating. I know it's a little bit more difficult here when we're online. Uh, and he said, if you actively listen to the voice of Yahweh your God, if you do what's right in his eyes, give ear to his commands and watch over his written word, then I will not set on you all the sicknesses that I placed on the Egyptians. Why? Because I am Yahweh Rofecha, the Lord, your restorer. I am the one who heals you, making you whole. And right now we want to pray. I want to pray for your healing and restoration to come into every home, into every person, into our congregation. I ask that you would restore us, continue to restore us, because we need your healing every day, Father. We need your restoration every day. And, and moreover, you have called us to be healers. And even our own problems, all, even our own issues do not disqualify us from being healers, because the healing is not coming from us, it's coming from you. You're the source. You are the source, and you use many different means for your glory. Father, let your kingdom come, and let there be miracles of healing as people listen to this. Uh, we pray for miracles of healing to happen in bodies, in minds, in hearts. We pray for your uh, power to be manifested today through this word, and emotional healing. Heal, healing of thoughts and our church that has been displaced from its uh, home. Just heal us, Father, and strengthen us and cause us in this time of affliction, cause us to multiply, cause us to grow, cause us to lead people to Jesus. Give us a, uh, Lord, give us your perspective and your word and let your word work. Father, I'm praying for your word. Your, your word of restoration to work in our lives this week, like yeast working its way through the dough. Lord, let your kingdom work in our lives. Need the word of God into our lives like a baker would need the dough. Need it into our lives. Let it go into every crack and crevice of our life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen and amen. Now.